I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of, a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my Moments Of. Welcome. This is Mike's Moment Of, and this is episode 12. And I'm calling this one Turning Points. Uh, the special guest today actually is me. Fooled, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, yeah. Turning Points, and when I say Turning Points, I'm really talking about decisions. And it's the way decisions affect you. Um, and we, we, you even come to the decisions in your life at different points, and there's some specific points. Um, and I'm going to talk about some stuff that happened with me, you know. Uh, it might not be in any particular order. might be jumping back and forth on the timeline. Uh, so, yeah, it's all about the turning points and the decisions. All right, so I remember. I remember when I... I was in high school, I was at Wormers, and I was doing... Uh, you know, you had to choose between quote-unquote the arts and quote-unquote the sciences so the arts wasn't really the arts I mean <laughs> I guess you know it's language and history and and that kind of stuff um that's what they call the arts and then the sciences are you know biology physics math um chemistry those things so parents like to choose for their kids anyway so uh, you know I was doing the sciences and even though there's an aspect of it that I love I didn't really enjoy it that much you know um it seemed like the thing to do as well, you know, it's, you know, that's get a good job. At the time, I don't think I really thought of the actual arts as a career, as a viable career. When CXCs came around, it was CXCs at the time, I think we had a, a hurricane. Uh, we had a hurricane. I mean, I'm not blaming it on a hurricane. I, never, I just didn't really study. So I had to repeat. <laughs> I had to repeat for form. Anyway, you know, got through that. Even though I said, oh, could I change? And they were, no, you, you couldn't. So, fine. Went through that. Went to sixth form and was doing the sciences again. That means that was painful. <laughs> that was painful. But then, once I was in sixth form, we had done this production. And I hope these people don't mind me calling the names. John DaCosta was in this production. It was written by, by Livingston White, who's now at UWE. Um, it was called Not, Not Just a Nightmare. And that was... I'd written songs for it, so it, it, he had written a script and I'd turned it into a musical. So I wrote songs for it. I think this, this might have been my first time actually writing songs. I still have those songs. They're not the greatest songs, but they, <laughs> I mean, I can still remember them. Um, and and I guess they're memorable. Who else was in there? Uh, Malcolm Arthurs, Michael Holgate was in there. Brian Moody was also in, in that group. I'm leaving someone else. It's okay. Uh, anyway, so so we did this 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 thing for the school's drama festival not just a nightmare and after we did it i mean i don't think we we didn't win anything but one of the judges was kathy levy kathy levy came backstage and invited the entire cast to come and join to come and join little people and teen players 
honestly, at the time, I didn't, I had never heard of Little Blue Plantain players. I didn't know what it was. When she came and invited us, I was like, "What?" In my head, I was like, "What? What is that?" Uh, I'm, I'm sure I asked Michael Hogan, "What? What is that? What is Little Blue Plantain players?" I don't know if he had heard of it either. Um, he might have, but but I I didn't. Anyway, so she invited us to come to the first meeting. So this is that. This was a decision. This was a decision because this was completely out left field. And this was not in the plan. The plan was to go to Yui and become a doctor because <laughs> my sister was doing that at the moment and um and that was the thing you know yeah you got doctor lawyer that was it yeah so the plan was to go to you and do that so went to the first meeting it was at the jamaica pegasus when the first meeting was a saturday and they were learning songs they were learning songs for a christmas show called christmas mix that they're gonna do on christmas eve i believe and so i continued going and it's like i discovered something completely you know, a different world, really. There are people from school that I knew too, and 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 other people who I met. I met. I mean, I've met so many people just because I decided to go to that meeting. That was a turning point, really. That the decision to go to that first meeting was really a turning point. So, you know, got really involved in performing and performance. I mean, I thought I was involved in music because I was taking piano lessons and I used to love to sing and stuff before. But this was a different thing. I mean, we were, we had to do movement. We had to do dance classes we had to sing in a group like a choir even though i was on the choir at Wilmers, but again something completely different we were dancing and singing and performing in costume and stuff this was different this was this was show business <laughs> yeah i made that decision to do that there and i don't think my parents loved it then um you know like what is it let it let, let, let's see how it goes but that was a decision anyway after sixth form because i'd started this while i was in sixth form and I and I know that they wanted me to stop doing it like in, in upper six because we had A-levels and, and stuff. But me never stop. And again, decision. After sixth form, I went to UA. I went to UA and I was still in Little People and Team Players. Did natural sciences, what it was called at the time. This was a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. Again, a decision. But I guess you have to go through these things. In doing natural sciences, I was doing a... I was doing botany and I was doing a math class with this professor who smoked. And when he came in smoking, the whole place was filled with smoke in the in the lecture hall. I was doing chemistry and we had a chemistry lab on a Tuesday. I remember it was a Tuesday. And it would go it would go the whole day basically. I would never finish the lab. We'd never ever finish the lab in time. I really I mean, apart from the people that I met at UWE, I get it, it seems like this is a running theme. The people were people were wonderful people. I made some nice friends at UWE. Um, but I only spent a year there because I did drop out, basically. Because, I mean, I, I wasn't supposed to be there, guys. Seriously. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. It weren't, me- it weren't meant for me. While I was there, I used to hang out with my friend Michael Hogate, and he was at, in the Faculty of Arts. You, you know, so I'd go over there and have lunch with them sometimes, and kind of be jealous because I was like, "But you guys seem you seem to be doing stuff that you really love." And even though I like my friends and stuff that I that I've made over at Natsai, I don't really see a future for me in, in this. I mean, I, I feel bored, quite frankly. I feel bored and frustrated all the time. So I guess I had to make a decision, and dropping out really was a decision because I guess I could have gone back and tried to, you know tried to go back to you, but I didn't, I didn't. And I, I kept performing. I wanted to do something more creative than what I was doing in my head. You know, I guess, you know, as we've said before in other podcasts and people have discussed, you can be creative as a mathematician, you can be creative as a biologist or a doctor or whatever. But that was my kind of, I'm, my creativity was really artistic creative creativity. I, I've been an artist my whole life. I was painting and, and drawing and stuff 
from I was in prep school and that was one of my best subjects in high school. Uh, being on the choir or singing was always a thing that I loved doing. And then joining Little People just drove that thing home because all the, the little talents that I was kind of playing around with, you know, the writing of songs and, you know, the love of music and the love of, of, of acting and the arts and stuff really kind of came home there. They kind of all came together and made sense in a way. So, okay, moving on. So, dropped out of Yui, right? And, and then um, I, I went to work because uh, uh, my parents were like, well, what are you doing? You have, to, you have to find a job because you're not, you're not in school. Um, even though they're still supporting me. That's how they are. So, um, found a job. Uh, not found a job. Um, Paulette, Mrs. Bellamy, suggested, oh, well, you know, there's this ad agency, Creative Advertising, you know, could, we could get a, uh, an entry-level job there. So I went to creative advertising, and I started working there. And, you know, Mr. McDonald called me his, his computer genius. I was no, trust me, I was no computer genius. All it was, all it was, was that I was familiar with the computers and the, the word processing and, you know, changing the size of fonts and doing, you know, just some design stuff that came kind of natural to me because I hadn't really studied it. So I was, I was pretty much, you know, designing and helping to print out the copy and stuff for these newspaper ads. So I think I did that for a month. <laughs> I didn't last very long. I mean, I had to get up really early, guys. Really, it's not my thing. And I get up at the crack of dawn, and it was like a proper nine-to-five kind of job, you know? Um, that's not for everybody. <laughs> it's really not for everybody, especially not the creative, artistic types. And... Is no, I'm really coming to terms that that's you know that's who I am. Yeah, so I used to go there and used to have these ads. Used to work, do these ads for these companies that had, you know, full page ads with all these different appliances or clothes. I think it was was it Lord and Lady or or something like that, and another one that had um, appliances. And so they had you had to get these little pictures of the appliances and then put the the price you know, what it was and what it is now with a big discount and then some big headings. And and I think his name was Mr. McLaren, who used to put the ads together. So really, I would I would type them up, type up all the things on the computer, size them, you know, change the size, adjust the fonts and that kind of stuff, print them out. He'd cut them out um, from what I'd print and then he'd use, um, you know, uh, glue and his, his little knife and stuff and arrange the ads. Of course, nowadays, you just, I mean, even then, I'm sure you could have done all of it on the computer, but fine. That's, they were used to that way. And so I was kind of bridging the gap. Anyway, he called me his computer genius. Boy, I get enough story today. Um, so, <laughs> but after a month, I was like, you know, I've, I feel dead inside. I don't think I said that then, but I, I, I still remember that. I, it just wasn't my thing. And I was like, mm, thank you. It, it might have been more than a month. Was it more than a month? I don't remember. It kind of, it, um, I feel like it was a month. And I was like, thank you guys, gonna miss you, but no thanks. And then I I had applied because, you know, I love drawing and I designed, like, quote unquote, designed some buildings and I was, intro- I was an artist. So I said, okay, what's another thing I could do? So let me, let me apply to the, the college, the architectural school at, at UTech, which I did. And they come in for a, for an interview. So now, apparently it was really competitive to get into that, to, to go and do architecture at UTech. 
call me in for the interview and then they're recognized because, you know, I was in the people who were performing, were on TV all the time and, you know, in theater and stuff. So uh, I, th- I think it might have been three people in the interview. And and then, you know, I feel like they were ready to offer me a, a place there. Actually, they did offer me a place because they, they liked what they saw, the things I showed them and how I spoke and stuff. But then somebody brought up, oh, but we see you on TV. And, um, you know, we see you performing and stuff. And, you know, that's great. You're very good at it. But you're going to have to make a decision. It's very competitive to come here. You have to make a decision if you're going to stop doing that and come and do architecture uh, or, or not. And I didn't hesitate I was, <laughs> I didn't hesitate. I was like, I'm not giving up because this performancing, performing and the arts was giving me life, honestly. And um, so I didn't hesitate. I was like, well, you know, I guess I won't be coming here. Sorry, thank you. But no, I'm not giving that up. So I didn't, I didn't do architecture. I probably could have, would have been really good at it, actually. But, you know, but you know, all of us probably would have been good at many things. But again, it comes down to turning points. You make that decision. So, you know, I mean, if I had made that decision, maybe I would have been building buildings here, around the world, wherever. Um, but I made that decision. It's a turning point. You have to be true to how you feel, though. I mean, I guess you, I could have gone, um, okay, I'll give up on on performance and on singing and on the arts, and I'll do architecture, architecture. And I know a lot of people do that. Some people do it, and they do medicine, or they do law, or they do business, or whatever, and they don't go back to it. But maybe... Maybe some it works for some people. Maybe it's not really their thing, the arts thing. And maybe for some people, they end up feeling that they are dead inside. I mean, I know people who have done those things, and then they've gone through and they studied it. And as soon as they get that degree in medicine or in whatever else, they're like, "Okay, great. My parents are happy. I have this degree now. Let me go and do what I really want to do." Man, I've had that kind of time. You know, I, that was my decision. So I made that decision that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to pursue architecture at the expense of this performing arts that I've really just discovered, you know, three years, two years, whatever, and I am absolutely in love with. So, big decision. So, what did that lead to? That led to my kind of diving in full-time-ish with the performing arts, not having a job, really still being supported by my parents. Thank God for my parents. And while I was doing that, while I was in Little People and then in Ashe and whatnot, I had to make another decision. There was another turning point. I mean, my father, <laughs> my father said, you know, you know, um, this performing arts thing, you know, it's only certain kind of people do it. And, you know, people went talk about you and, and call you all kind of names. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, um, call you all kind of names and, and class you as this and call you that. And, and... I mean, I, I was, I am kind of rebellious. You, you probably don't even realize that I'm kind of a, a rebellious kind of person. Um, I do it in a different way, but I'm kind of rebellious. So at the time, uh, I was like, what? In my head, I was like, what is this man really telling me? What am what I'm trying to say? What, what kind of um, reaction is he trying to get out of me? In my head, I was like, what is he really saying to me that I must stop this because of what people are going to say? Uh, and so I said, no, I, you know, daddy, I don't care. I really don't care. They can't they can talk about me, whatever they want. And I mean, you know, later on, we know the thing, make for talk, but I, I didn't know that then. I didn't know the saying then. But yes, people can talk because that's what people are going to do. They're going to talk. So, but I said, I said to him, I don't care. I don't care. So if you care, that's your problem. I don't care and I'm going to keep doing this. So that little rebellious streak. Anyway, so I, I made that decision. I made a decision there that I'm not going to stop doing what I love. 
And maybe that was the start of my going, yeah, if, if these things don't feel right or if it feels good, I'm going to keep going. And I felt that I was growing and blossoming and, um, and unearthing these talents because I was involved in the performing arts. And I was. I was. There's no question about it. So I made a decision to, to continue doing it. So I, I did. And, uh, and then eventually I was like, you know, I really do want to go back to school and study something. Um, at the time, I had started kind of taking piano lessons again with Paulette Bellamy's mom, um, Lynette Case. And then, I'd, and then I started taking violin lessons with, and viola lessons, actually, with Stephen Woodham. And I was doing voice lessons at some point with Pauline Watson. And I was like, I, this is fine, but I really want, uh, I want to get a degree in this, I think. But I've been performing. So anyway, I, had, I, I applied. Um, I didn't know where I was going to go. I was, I was looking at different colleges and universities when, we, when Asher would go on their, their long tours in the winter or whatever. And we'd go perform at different colleges and universities. I'd collect brochures and I'd look at them. I'd dream about them. You know, I remember dreaming about several places that had performing arts or had art there. And I was thinking, oh, I could go to those places. But a friend of mine, Chris Jobson, had, was also looking at colleges and I think I'd gotten a prospectus for Berkeley. Um, he wasn't really interested in Berkeley, but he gave me that prospectus and said, you know, this could be your thing. So I looked at it and it was my thing. It was definitely my thing. I was, I was like, wow, I, I can't believe a place like this exists. It seems absolutely perfect. Strangely enough, that was the feeling I had after the first, uh, the first rehearsal at Little People and Teen Players Club. I was like, this is paradise. This is like perfect. When I started looking through the things for Berkeley, I was like, what? You can study music engineering and you can study performance and you can study music this and music and everything is music. And and then I looked at the facilities and, of course, you know, my chest high a long time because I summer grow. And, I mean, Berkeley is a, <laughs> Berkeley is a private school. So it named it, it name cheap. It was not cheap. So, and it isn't. And it still isn't. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking at this and I'm dreaming about this for like a year. And I said, all right, let me, I'm going to apply. Because it can't hurt to apply. So I put in an application, made an audition tape, because we're still ex- uh, accepting audition tapes at the time. And sent it in. And I got a reply. I was accepted. I was accepted and they gave me a small scholarship. Um Small scholarship never do. It was like a, a dent, you know, a, a little. It was a dent in what the big thing was, and at the time I was like, no. I was like, wow, I really need to go. I really want to go here, and but I couldn't go. I couldn't go that year, so I deferred it for a year. And in that year, I started writing, you know, to everywhere under the sun, for um scholarships or you know some kind of grants because you know there's nowhere in Jamaica there where you can get scholarships and definitely not at the time nowhere in Jamaica you can get scholarships to go and do a, to go and study music um nowhere so you had to try you know different companies and see if they would quote-unquote sponsor you now that is something that we had gotten used to when we we're doing tours with little people and actually we'd write to companies asking for sponsorships so I said let me try this but of course you know, Jamaica it is, because when, when you look at me and say, oh, he's asking for sponsorship, nobody believes that you don't have money um, uh, because of the way I talk, the way I look, the way I whatever. So they don't believe I, that I couldn't afford or my parents couldn't afford to send me there. But again, this place weren't cheap. So it was a lot of people turning me down and 
you know, kind of looking at me like incredulously, like you need you need help to go to, but you know, them lucky. That's not my problem, and that's fine. So, yeah, I put it off for a year, and then I kept trying though, and I kept talking, and I, I eventually my parents. My father was like, okay, if you really want to go. And then he took out a loan. He put the house up for as, as collateral and got a loan to send me to Berkeley. So he made a decision. I mean, I'm, thank God he came around. But I mean, I guess my happiness was more important. But he saw that I was kind of... I was kind of looking hopeless for the past few years after I, came, after I dropped out of UA and then did that job for the, for the one month. And I think he was just happy that I had found something structured and some kind of a education to further education and 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 I wasn't backing down this was what I wanted to do and yeah so I mean he did this amazing thing I'm still so grateful to him and my mother for for putting up I mean to put up your whole house for collateral on this loan wow anyway so yeah I went I was heading to to Berkeley so this was a big decision though this was I've I'd, sure I traveled because you know Jamaicans and stuff travel a lot. But even being a performer, being in Asia and little people, we travel even more than 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 normal. You know, we're traveling all the time. We're on tour or whatever. Plus, I travel because my family was in it was in the U.S. as well and in Canada. So, um, yeah, this moving away from home for this extended period of time that means packing up stuff that you think you're going to need. You know, you have to go through these things in your head. You kind of have to go through and go, oh, okay, what 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 am I going to need? You know, what can't I do without? And you you kind of it took a while to make those kind of decisions, and um, and and I, I will never forget. You know, everybody kind of got involved. My my mother's like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna go to New York or New, I think it was New Jersey to my aunt, to my aunt Shirley, and she says she will she will drive you up to Boston because she has to go up there for something anyway. Or, but she's gonna take you shopping for your winter clothes. Cause I didn't have. I mean, I had some stuff, but I didn't have. Things for, you know, extended winter, not for Boston winter necessarily. Um, and, you know, stuff that you need in your dorm room because obviously I was living on hall. So I went to New Jersey to my aunt and she took me shopping. She took me around and she told me what I need to get and that kind of stuff. And then we drove. And then we drove to, to Boston. Drove to Boston. My brother lived in Cambridge, lives in Cambridge. Spent the first night, she dropped me at my, at my brother's house. The first night I spent there, I think they were away that night or something, um, and I slept there. And the next day, I think I took a cab. If I didn't take a cab, my brother dropped me. I can't remember now. With my, you know, two big pieces of luggage to 150 Mass Ave. And I remember, <clears throat> and this was my first time in that city, in Boston. I remember as I got to 150 Mass Ave, there was somebody who, this guy had fallen asleep at the, the the traffic light and I was like okay this is where I am now um but yeah it, it just felt weird so yeah I went in um lugged my heavy things you know it's everything I own basically not everything but you know everything I thought I'd need and um all this winter clothes and summer clothes and everything else books and music things my instruments my keyboard my viola um yeah so it was it was a lot of things Walk down those stairs was was down the stairs at the time down into the lobby of the 150 Massav building to those pinkish purplish chiclet chairs and um got my assignment to the room I was gonna go and lug them upstairs my roommate hadn't come in as yet 
went up to my room, chose a bed and stuff, and you know started to unpack things. And of course, this was a, again a big decision. But but then I remember almost immediately uh, upon reaching there, um, and that first night, that imposter syndrome that way so many of us have, and I have it too many times. But I, it feels like I always have it. But imposter syndrome came on heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy that night. I remember even writing. I'm sure I still have this letter. Kind of writing a, a letter to myself, to God, whatever. Kind of going, what the hell am I doing here? And who thought that I was good enough to be here? Who? I'm definitely not be good enough to be <laughs> to be here. I wish I could. I know it is. You know, I'm going to read for you. It's not your business. Um, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I, I, I wrote this letter. I was like, I don't belong here. And I was so depressed. But... Sometimes we go through those things when we make some big decisions. This was a big decision. This was this was huge, right? Um, and, you know, as far as I knew, I might have been the only Jamaican there. I think there was another Jamaican there. But she had she had she had um dropped out or something. Um she was there like two years before or something like that. So I was really Jama- only Jamaican there at the time. So I was like, mm, oh boy. So um and then on top of it we never looked Jamaican to some to enough people. So because you know what does Jamaica what do Jamaicans look like, huh? So um yeah, that first night was 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 like a, a test. <laughs> But I couldn't leave anyway, because I mean, after all, you've been through a year of a deferral for a year, and then a, a loan to to go there for the first year. I mean, there was I couldn't, I can't, I can't go. Oh, I'm not staying. That that's just dumb. So of course I was staying. So and then you know, after the the first couple of days of you know orientation and all these exams and stuff, started class, and of course the little remnants of the imposter syndrome were there, but. But as you got to know people and you, you know, you, you did the classes and you got feedback, you realize, okay, everybody's the same. Yeah, I mean, there are people better, you, better than you and people um, less talented than you, maybe. Um, but everybody's kind of in the same boat and we're all kind of going through the same thing. I mean, this was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Going to Berkeley changed my life. Changed my life. Being, going to little people and team players changed my life too, but this changed my life again, right? So, again, these, these are the turning points. These turning points in your life. Seriously, you know? Um, so, right. So, did the first year of Berkeley, and I decided, okay, yes, you know, we had this loan, you know, for, the, for that first year, but um, it, it's going to be rough. It's, this is four years. And then I, again, I just decided... Um, I am going to do a double major. So I'm going to be there longer, a year longer than a regular major. Um, decided I was going to do um, music synthesis, which is now music technology there, and contemporary writing and production. So I went home. I did two semesters. The first year, I went home for the first summer. Um, and then after that, I just, I did three semesters three semesters three semesters I did fall, spring, summer fall, spring, summer and went to my brother or something you know for Christmas or for whenever um, because I even though I was going to do a five year program this double major I said I'm going to do it in four years which I did so I ended up finishing it in, in 2000 and um, again another another decision a turning point but I'm glad I did 
the things that I did because another decision was are you going to do performance because you're a performer you're in a performing arts group and blah 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 but I was like you know I kind of know how to perform um, let me do other things that I'm interested in because I started getting interested in in production and in in synthesizers and, and sequencing and that kind of stuff from I was in Ashe um, you know working on these musicals helping to write the musicals helping to create the tracks um, and even though I wouldn't be, I wasn't what I'd call a quote-unquote keyboard player. So I decided, oh, let me do music synthesis because that had to do with synthesis technology and it felt like it was the next thing that's coming up this cutting edge, which it really was, it still is. Um, and then contemporary writing because I was interested in arranging as well. So I did that. Um, and then before, so a lot happens, you know, there's there's lots of decisions going on, lots of turning points, but big one was was just before I was about to graduate Berkeley. Um, my, a friend of mine, Michael Michael Anderson, who, who you met in another podcast, two podcasts ago, I guess, um, he had graduated the year before. And he said, okay, you know, there's this ice show, there's an opportunity um, for after you graduate, Maybe you could, you know, you could work on on this ice show and they'd be touring Europe and that kind of stuff. So, but the thing is, I had options. I had the, the other option I had was to do a one year kind of internship somewhere in in the U.S. Um, after after I graduated, and I mean, I think up to that point, I was looking forward to doing that. I was looking at the different places where I could go and have an internship, you know, different companies or or whatever. Then again, another decision, another turning point. So, am I gonna work on these things and kind of establish myself in a in a in a a city or a, a town or whatever as as a singer as a music synthesis or as a as an arranger or whatever or um, am I going to go and do this i show okay so before i even get to that decision so i'd gone i sent these demos of stuff that i was doing at school to the people for the holiday and ice thing and the musical director and one of the production people I think he, he was they're in LA at the time so he says well I mean we heard we heard your stuff we're interested in having you audition we're gonna fly you to Los Angeles um to audition for for the show so they did um and I think I was this was like my second to last semester uh they flew me to Los Angeles I think I spent like a night there flew me to Los Angeles slept there the next day they picked me up and took me to this kind of rehearsal studio it was like a just a room with a piano basically and um, two of them were there again. Yeah, the, the musical director and and one of the production people, um, Francois, and he was from Quebec, I think. And um, yeah, I went in, I sang, and and then I said, okay, great. Can you just go outside for a second? And you know, they, they took ten minutes and discussed something. I said, okay, can you come back in? Um, yeah, we'd like to offer you the job uh, for being the male singer with Holiday and Ice. Um, and I was like, you sure? <laughs> I, I, I realized I do this a lot. So I was like, are you sure? I says, yeah, yeah, we're sure. And then um, he says, yeah, so we're going to, you're going to, you know, we're going to go on tour. We're going to have uh, rehearsals and uh, recordings. And then you're going to go on tour and that kind of stuff. And I was like, but I, I'm Jamaican though. I don't know what that meant. I don't know why I said that to him. I, I still really, I'm not sure why I said that to him. He says, yeah, we know, but yeah, so we're offering you the job. <laughs> So I said, okay, great. So um, so I made a decision. Um, I don't think I made it immediately. I think I went back and kind of considered it. 
um, discuss it with my family, discuss it with, with friends and some other people. And I made a decision not to stay for the internship. And I don't know if it's a good or a bad decision, but I know that, again, this decision of going to sing with Holiday on Ice is another thing that changed my life. Um, I met some really cool people there and I saw so much of Europe. And and to be in a in a show like that, you know, which was, again, kind of cutting edge, you know, um, technologically and even the show-wise, you know, all these skaters, acrobats, um, musicians from around the world who are still like family. Um, that was a big turning point. And again, it, as a result of a decision, um, I, I had... I got so much great experience from being in that show. Um, experience of, of touring, experience of being on the road, that kind of road life. Experience of um, production, um, music production, show production generally. Uh, experience of Europe, uh, different cities in Europe, um, cultures, different different cultures in Europe, languages. I mean, not that I'm speaking any of them, but you know, I understand a lot of stuff. Um, and just experience of, of kind of living and working with people in a kind of close-knit environment for three years. I mean, we did that show, I think, over 600 times. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's, uh, and also to manage manage your, your sanity and manage your talent and your, your, your body and everything in that kind of... Because we, we're touring in winters all the time. You know, we tour from like September, October till May, April kind of thing for three years and then we get like some months off the summer we go back and rehearse a bit then tour again um so we're, you know it was always either snowstorms or really cold or whatever uh apart from like when we went to, to greece and a, f- a few other places where it was turning into summer and so that was that's something you 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 just can't you can't buy that kind of thing you know it, 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 it it's it's not an everyday kind of thing it, I, I've had some seriously awesome experiences because of these turning points, these decisions that we've had to make. And so even even at the end, at the end of those three years where the tour should have ended, and then it just so happens, the tour should have ended, but then the tour director says, okay, the company has added a month to the tour. We will pay you this much to continue to, you know, to do the extra thing or... We'll happily pay for your flights and you can go home. So, <clears throat> again, another turning point. I said, you know what? I'm gonna do the rest of the tour. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to I'm gonna come to um, to Greece. So we went to Greece for the, for a month, and um, you know we we played in Athens, uh, and again an amazing experience. I mean, you're seeing all these historical places. Went to Santorini and and um, and. Mykonos and all these different places are near and around Athens, you know, the Parthenon and uh, uh, it, just breathtaking. And and then, of course, you know, everywhere you go, there's places that remind, well, for me anyway, that remind me of different parts of Jamaica always. When I was in Poland, I, I, there's some places that remind me of here. There's definitely in Greece, some places remind me of here. But yeah, so again, another another decision, another turning point. So the next thing that I could have done is probably try to stay in Europe, say, go to England or go back to the US and again try and pick up that internship thing there. But I said, you know, I, I really want to go home. I want to go to Jamaica. Um, there's, you know, this sense of patriotism or whatever it is or giving back, 
giving back here, sure. So I went home. I went back to Jamaica. And it was funny because before I'd gone to Berkeley, someone had said to me, I remember I performed somewhere. I might have been Temple of Light or something. And someone was giving me a lift home. And they said, oh, I'm so happy that you're going to go to, to Berkeley. It's going to be a wonderful experience for you. Don't, you know, don't lose your culture while you're there. But little did they know that my head was always, it was always, I guess, I guess I looked at things in a bigger way. Um, I was always appreciative of different types of culture and, and wanting to incorporate them. Um, I was never really a reggae singer or a dancehall singer. That was, I don't think anybody looked at me and thought that, and I never looked at me and thought that either. Um, so, but, um, yeah, so when I came home, came home and, you know, got back involved with Ashe and stuff, but it felt like I needed to be doing something else. And so I was really more teaching Ashe and performing with them now and then, but not in the way I was before. Uh, I was also teaching little people, um, I think, you know, they're called players at the time, but... I, I even started going to a studio. I was because I was, me and Michael Hogate were asked to write some songs for Nadine Sutherland, and we did. And so we met some we met some people. Um, we met Don, Donovan Germain and some other people. We met Tony Rebel, and I think I even went to like one rehearsal to sing for Bujo, and then something happened, and I don't know, maybe I I just yeah I didn't. I just did a couple of rehearsals and that was it. Um, but I did sing on some of his songs or one of them, um, backgrounds, um, one of the recordings. But anyway, this was, again, an interesting experience of writing and trying to, to work with. But, but, I, but I remember feeling from this experience of working with that studio that the expectation was that you'd come and hang out and, and just sit around the studio all day um, waiting for your boss I don't know if it's because I, I just did five years of, of studying and plus three years of touring. I was like, you know, and plus I was creating music. I was creating music at home. I was working on stuff because I had my, my equipment and things that I had. So I was like, this is not really, I don't really mind. That's not my way. I don't, I don't feel that this is what, what I should be doing, hanging out every day and maybe making a song, maybe not making a song. I recorded some songs there, but, you know, nothing was ever released. As far as I know, something might have been on a compilation. Who, I don't know. I don't know. Is it my my high chest <laughs> again that 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 caused that? But whatever, it is what it is. You know, it was a decision. And eventually, I came and I went and started. I remember if I was asked. I think I was asked to come in for an interview um, to come and teach voice at. Edna Manley at the School of Music, which I did. And I started in, you know, 2005 there. Um, I think before I was asked to do that, I was asked to help with the graduation production, which me and Holgate wrote and, and did. So, um, again, another decision, um, another turning point. So I'm, I'm at Edna Manley and started to, well, Started to teach, started teaching voice. I had um, maybe 11 students, I want to say, 11 students, because that's at 11 or 12. Um, and some of them, some of you might know, like Siobhan and Carl and Ophelia and a few others. The School of Music at the time was really kind of in two minds. 
just kind of still is now. But it was in two minds. It was, you know, a really classical program. Most of the things were kind of like that. And then there was a couple courses that were pop and specifically reggae. Um, reggae and, and jazz, because there's a couple of teachers who were teaching jazz. But for me, I kind of realized that some things, there's some things I could add to help it. To help it be, be, be seen as more of a, of a viable option for studying, you know. So music tech. So I, I suggested these music technology courses because that's what I studied. And so me and Peter Ashburn wrote some, wrote four courses and we helped design and, you know, a, 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 a music technology lab. But the thing that I realized, because I had this music technology degree, and even though, you know, reggae and dance on production was a big thing, at the school that wasn't necessarily a big thing, but some of the things that I knew, you know, weren't even being used in Jamaica at the time, even, even now. But I don't think anybody cared. <laughs> I don't think anybody cared. Um, and, I, and to this day, I'm not sure why, you know. Uh, I guess I would have had to have been more of an entrepreneur at the time to kind of do my own thing and, and get it out there. But I, I don't think I was that then. But yeah, so did that created uh, something called a performance lab, which was something that we had done at, Ber at Berkeley. Um, but I think even at the time, the, they, they let me do it, but it was with no credits. And I, I don't think the people generally kind of fully understood the value of the performance lab. And definitely the students didn't at the, at the time either. They rebelled a lot. <clears throat> I mean, now the performance lab is what prepares them to do their final year shows. But, you know, but again, it was a decision to give back in this way. You know, when you think about it, could I could could I have been using my music tech and production skills in a in a better way? Uh, who knows? Uh, if I'd gone somewhere else, or if I'd done something else other than teach, maybe, um, but maybe not. I mean, I think I think the fact that that, that those courses now exist ha has made a big difference in a lot of people students' lives um, because really, I mean, everybody's a producer now. And these are skills that they could use. Everybody likes to teach themselves stuff, but you mean there's stuff, basic stuff you could have learned here in these courses. So, you know, lots of things we could talk about at the time, you know, during the time of Edna Manley experience. But after 12 or 13 years of working there, an opportunity came up um, to go and help create a school in Africa, which I took up, um, I really considered actually before I said yes, I asked for advice and the general advice, it was, yeah, it's something you have to go and do. You have to, you have to do it. It's a, it's an opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I, okay, I took it up. Again, it's a turning point because I kind of stopped working at Edna Manley and went and did this thing. But, you know, and this is something I'm sure eventually I'm going to talk about, but I, I don't want to go into the details of this yet. But it didn't work out, you know. Um, you know, even at the time, though, while I was still doing it, I was going back and forth. And I remember seeing somebody I know, I, I, I don't know if I go, you know, somebody I know who, you know, someone who used to go to Edna and is a producer and a keyboardist. And I was telling him what I was doing. I said, oh, you know, I'm no longer there and uh, at Edna and I'd gone to do this thing. And his reaction was, oh, you sell out, you sell out. And he wasn't joking. He wasn't smiling at all. And was going, you sell out, man. You sell out. I was like, what? 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 I was like, are you, you just saying that to my face? Like, 
<laughs> you just saying that to my face like I'm not here. Um, what do you mean I sell out? Because I spent 13 years helping to build and give back and whatnot. And I, and I did this different opportunity because it was something that felt right for me. You thought I sold out. But I still, I still don't even know how to react to that. Um, but, you know, again, his opinion and people went talk. But the thing is that that, that, this, that opportunity, for many reasons, did not work out. Many reasons. Didn't work out. So I was, I was like, yep, not going to do this. Came back. I was asked to come back to Edna. When I came back to Edna, and again, this is a turning point because I'm not sure if this was the right thing to do. Came back to Edna and I got these, these, um, all these attitudes from people. It's like, why did you leave? And, you know, oh, well, you can't do that anymore because you're not in this position. So, you know, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why people thought that they had the right to say those things to me. Anyway, um, very weird. Very weird. But... You know, working through. Um, I'm, I'm growing and I'm changing. So, but again, it was another turning point. The thing is, it's like you can you can look back at some of these turning points, some of these decisions, these big decisions, decisions that you made, and make sense of them. At the time, in the moment, the, the decisions don't always make sense in 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 the grand scope of things that they're operating in. You know, because. A lot of these decisions, you you you, you have to decide. You can't. You, you're not going to know what the future holds. You have to just have to make a decision. You have to make a decision and stand by it. And there's no decision I made that I that I'm not standing by. I'm glad I did. I, I went to that that thing to do the thing with the, the African school. I'm I'm very glad I did I did it because I found out some things about myself. I found out some things about how I work and how I work with people and what things I won't tolerate. And there's a lot of things I don't want to tolerate from people. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that I went to Berkeley. I met these amazing people. I've learned so much. There's stuff that I learned now, that, that, that I learned then, that I'm still using now. And there's stuff that I'm realizing I learned then, I'm, I'm realizing now that I learned then. Does that make sense? Let me say it again. There's stuff that I learned then that I'm still using now. And there's some stuff that I'm only realizing now that I learned then. <laughs> right. So, the decision to... To not do medicine was obviously the right thing, obviously, and to 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 continue with the arts and continue with music and performing, uh, because this is that's my life, that's been my life, and um, and it's probably it's gonna be my life. It's not like I'm not gonna change. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna change, yes, grow and change, but it's within this thing that that I'm doing, um, and these various talents. It's not just one talent, so. I don't know. It's just something that I, I want to share with you. These things, these these little turning points, and they, and they come up. They're going to come up in all of our lives. The thing is that you have, you have to make that decision. Just sometimes we hem and haw, and we don't make the decision. Just make the decision and 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 stick with it, and then stick with it until something said, "All right, really, no, you you need to go somewhere else and do something else." Then fine, do that. But you you, the thing is that you cannot look back at the stuff that you the decisions you made and beat yourself up. You can't beat yourself up in the moment. You can't be in a state of indecision forever. You have to move. You have to keep on moving. You have to keep on moving. You have to move on. You have to grow. You have to change. You have to learn what you need to learn. And and if you don't learn what you need to learn, you're going, you know, somehow the universe is going to keep teaching that lesson until you learn it. And maybe maybe there's several of those lessons that I'm still learning or relearning and unlearning. Um, but I think I'm learning quite a few of them. You know, it is funny because now we're in this quarantine time, this COVID-19 thing. And a lot of solitude. <laughs> it's a f- 
weird thing, you know. I mean, solitude don't work not work well for some people, but but you know, this alone time it really. I, I saw a meme that says it. it people are you know people were presented with their shadows and stuff. It brings up a lot of the, the you know the, the the little things that you're that you've pushed in that you didn't deal with, um, and stuff with other people, but stuff more even more importantly, the stuff with yourself that you have not analyze that you haven't uh understood that you haven't dealt with and it's good to bring them up i mean it's funny i mean this is why all these turning points i guess came came to me so i don't know it's just i I feel maybe like i'm rambling now but you know it's it feels like you it's good to take this little time and do a little self-evaluation and again the self-evaluation is not to beat yourself up it's to go, okay, yeah, this is a decision. I made what were the things that the good things that came out of it. What would have happened if I did the other thing? But you see, those things don't make sense. Going, what would have or could have happened if I had made another decision? Cause you didn't. And so it don't make no sense. You go back there and go, Oh, this could have been, or I could have been this, or this would have happened. You don't know. It probably wouldn't have. So because you never made the decision in the first place. So it wouldn't have happened. It never happened, it never happened. <laughs> you know, so you have to you have to kind of be kind to yourself with this. This is these are decisions that I made, and this is what has happened, and this is these are the good things that came out of it, and and the bad things that came of, came, came out of it were just the, the 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 catalyst for another decision, another decision, another pathway, another place you could have turned. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed my rambling today. Um, I'm gonna stop rambling now, and. Um, I hope you do, you know, subscribe. Yeah, I know everybody's like, oh, here, here we go. The subscribe, like, and share. Yeah, but, you know, help. It helps. Like, subscribe, share. Talk about it to other people. Send an episode to somebody else. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for, uh... <laughs> Thanks for, uh, for, for visiting my headspace today with, uh, with the turning points. Um, I appreciate your comments and your feedback. Uh, so don't be shy. I might look scary, but I'm not.